Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Good morning. If you want to open your Bibles to two places, we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. And 2 Timothy, chapter 2. All right. Stefan, can you flip that picture up for me before I read? Before I read out into our passage. Does anyone remember this moment in Olympic history? Uh, The 2008 Olympics, uh, it was a very uh, devastating year for the U.S. 4 by 100 meter teams. And devastating because I think, if I remember correctly, they were expected to win the gold in both events, men's and women's. Unfortunately, both teams dropped the baton there and were disqualified. And uh, the picture doesn't show everything because you won't see the after effects. So I tried looking on YouTube to see if anybody had... The uh, actual video of it happening, I couldn't find it. I don't know if that's because I don't know how to look for things or what. But the only thing that I can imagine in all of this is after years and years of sacrifice and training, feeling the sense that we can win the gold, getting in the race, running well, and then one little mistake, the inability to pass a baton, something they had practiced over and over and over again falls and they're disqualified. You can, you can take it off now. Now that's got to be devastating. But I think that there's something more devastating is our inability to pass our faith on to those who come after us. So even though we're going to start out with family, this is not a parent-to-child message only It is a church family as a whole. So if you're sitting here today and you don't have kids, that's okay. Because this church has a lot of kids. And you have the opportunity to pass your faith on to them as well. Because we are a family. A large family. An extended family. But it is not just the responsibility of the parents to pass their faith on. It is the responsibility of everyone who follows Jesus. Let's read these passages. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, their children after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it will go well with you. And that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And with all your strength, 
These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. And 2 Timothy 2.2, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Let's pray. Our Father, as Paul instructed Timothy to guard the gospel and to pass it on, Father, give us wisdom to know you, to know your word, to know the gospel that you have given to us generation after generation who have been faithful to pass it on. That we may stand with them and pass the baton that you've given to us. And that those who follow us may carry the baton in good times and in bad times. That we may honor you and proclaim the peace that is found in Jesus. Amen. All right, context is always important. I know that we've talked about this before, but whenever you see movies and someone's been shot in the gut and they're about to die, their last words are are really important. And normally it's something like, tell my mom I loved her kind of thing, which always makes me wonder why dads get left out. Don't understand that, but it's always mom. But those last words are important because they know that they're not going to be able to say anything else and they want to make sure that one important thing is said. This for Moses is his last time to speak to the Israelites. It's his last sermon. It's a long one. Mind you, longer than Pastor Dave's. So, Just kidding. Is he here? <laughs> okay, he's not here, Hey, eh? All right, we got away with that one. Excellent. Okay, but it's a long one, but it's still, it's his important words to the Israelites. And they're getting ready to enter into the land and reflecting on 40 years of some really good highs, but some really low lows, instructed by God, he's going to sit down and say, listen, here, O Israel, you're about to enter into the land. And this is the last time we're going to be hanging together. And so what I'm telling you today, please, please listen. If you listen and you obey when you get into the land, it is going to be awesome. It is going to be fantastic. However, if you don't, like you've learned in the last 40 years, it's going to be bad. Those are the last words of Moses. And what does he say in the end? He says, listen, hear, O Israel, God is one, but love him. 
When you go into this land, it's not about obeying the rules. It's not about obeying the principles. It's loving God. As God said when they were on the mountain, I drew you to me that I might be your life. Not just your God, but your life, your very life. So Moses is saying, listen up. Last time you're hearing me, love God when you go into the land and everything else will fall into place. Same thing with Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's his last letter before he is about to die. And what is he telling Timothy? He's saying, Timothy, listen. You know and I know that the end is near. And you're a little afraid, but don't be afraid. Instead, guard the gospel. Don't just know the gospel and make sure that everybody is doctrinally sound and everything like that. But part of guarding the gospel is knowing it, embracing it, loving it, and then passing it on to someone else who is faithful, reliable, trustworthy, so that they can pass it on to someone else and so forth and so on. Because if somewhere along the line, someone drops the baton, what happens? The race is over. Now, of course, in the sovereignty of God, we understand that's not going to happen. But in the individual lives of churches and families, when parents or the church family in general, even single adults, stop passing on their faith, it all begins to die. Even now, just reminding my first church that I went to, the first church that I went to at the young age of 22, I think I was in the top three in terms of age. Yes, that's right. At 22, can you believe that? The other guy was 32, and I think the other guy that was older than me, uh, Cy, was like about what, five years older than I am, maybe 27. So at 22 years old, I'm one of the older ones because the average age was 17. Okay, so you can imagine our youth group. Okay, this is kind of like, this is what the church that I first went to was like and uh, throw on about another 80 kids like this. It's a mess. Anyway. <laughs> but it was fun. And the relationships that you had even over the years, even since then. What happened was, as we grew older, from the junior high to the high school to the college to the young adults, even though we didn't have like what we have here, a little bit of reproduction and harvest as it's coming up, we weren't reproducing so that there was no one else who was following so that by the time the junior hires were graduating from college, there was no one behind them. We weren't passing it on. That's what happens when we don't pass the baton. This is really important stuff. This is something that isn't just a suggestion, but it's Moses saying, listen, two things, love God like crazy when you get into the land and you will enjoy it. You will, it, you'll, you'll see prosperity will be awesome and pass it on. Don't hoard it. Don't keep it for yourselves because that's not going to do you any good, but pass it on. Keep moving. Two things I want to say today about passing it on. It's just the first one. It must be spiritual in nature. Now we have parents here, right? Well, I asked the kids yesterday uh, while we were cooking. This is my this is my trick for getting out of the baking. Okay, I looked, you know, like I was, you know, there, and I was, but I was doing stuff instead of baking. Neither here nor there. But let me ask, as parents, what are some of the things that you want to pass on to your children? Doesn't matter what it is, because I have some of their answers. I'm not going to tell you who said what, but. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. 
Dan. A good worth work ethic. Okay, yes. That's one thing that you want to pass on. Somebody else. You can even be single. It doesn't matter. What do you want to pass on to your kids that are in the future? Sound financial decisions. Okay. And uh, work at Dominic's. Or shop there at least, right? If you're not going to work there, at least shop there. But they are hiring, just to let you know, if you don't have a job. What else? Don't be afraid. This is your one chance you get to talk during a sermon rather than being a... Yes. Family comes first, okay? Wow, how come nobody's saying, like, I want to pass on money? Right? Isn't that one of the things that we think about? Uh, Passing on money, uh, passing on a car. Is anyone here that, like, you know, you were growing up and your dad had a certain car and you wanted... Nobody? Really? Oh, well, I guess dad didn't drive in anything fancy, huh? Those Chevettes didn't really, you know. Houses? Anyone ever want to live in the same house all their lives? No? Nobody? Oh, my goodness. I still, I dream. I dream of living in the house that I grew up. I literally have dreams at least once a year, many times over. As parents, we want to pass on a lot of things. And having a good worth ethic or putting family first are all good things. They are excellent things, but not necessarily, and this is not a criticism because it's a part of it, spiritual in nature. Spiritual in nature. The goal is ultimately to pass on spiritual in nature. I would love if I could pass on a truckload of money to my kids. I would love to be able to give them things that will help them prosper as they grow up and have their own families. One of the reasons that I have a large library is because I wanted to buy all these books, which was my rationalization to deal with my addiction of reading, so that I could pass it on to my children. You know, that when I get older and I'm not around, at least they can read the books that I bought and know what I believed in in order to have a faith from there. I also wanted to pass on to them something that's called a, a legacy book. So at least for the first four, I haven't done the fifth yet because the adoption hasn't been finalized, but I have little birthday notes and I have a book for them That explains some of the things of who I am and what I've observed in them over the years. Because I want them one day to be able to read that and say, this is what my dad thought of me. This is how much he loved me. Those are things that I want to pass on them. Those are good things, but it's not necessarily spiritual in nature. Because what Moses is saying to them is, love God and pass on your love for God. It is a good thing for a parent to want to give good attitudes, pass those on to their children, but there needs to be a spirituality, a godliness in what it is that you're passing on. Now, you might be sitting there going, man, that's, that's going to be kind of hard because I don't have a curriculum. What's the program? What's the process? Let's read it. What does is, what is Moses say to them? He says, Hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frame of your houses and your gates. What is it that they're passing on? Yes, part of it is the commandments. But if you notice, there is no curriculum here. It's not, hey, parenting 101. Here are the 15 parenting principles that you must get in order to pass on to your children. The simple principle is, listen, parents. 
Listen, singles who are part of the extended family, love God like crazy. Live a life. There's no program. There's no process. It is a matter of expressing love. It would be like this. Do you want your kids to know what it is like to have an excellent marriage when they get married? How many of you parents would love for your kids to grow up and be miserable when they get married? Anybody? Well, nobody's going to raise your hand, right? We're not going to say that in the church. But the truth is, no parent says, hey, marry Mr. So-and-so because he's bad for you. And your life will be miserable. Be awesome. You will have such great opportunities to worship God when your husband's doing all these horrible things to you. Nobody's like that. If you can learn how to love like crazy in the midst of your marriage, you will teach your kids by your life and your example how to love their spouse, how to find someone who will love them like crazy, how to know how to find someone like that. And that's not a curriculum. It is a life. I mean, how many times have we read books, any kind of book, seven steps to better this, six steps to better that, four steps to better that. We can read them, say we know them, have read several books on it and say there's nothing new here, but nothing changes. But if you take a person who is madly in love with someone else, it's a whole different story, isn't it? I mean, when you are really head over heels with someone, you don't have to go, hey, uh, you should love them. It just happens. It's crazy, but that's what happens. And so what is happening here, Moses is saying, pass on the spiritual love relationship that you have with God so that wherever you go, pass it on. Pass on spiritual principles. Not just good principles. Here's what I'm saying about the, the uh, work ethic and, and the family thing. You can tell your kids, listen, be good with money, right? Financial stewardship. Be good with money. And you can teach them how not to get into credit card debt. In other words, set your limits a little bit lower. Uh, only spend what you have. You can tell them that. And they can take that and then they can actually do something with that. And they could be excellent financial planners. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Teach your children how to handle money. However, that's not very spiritual. It's teaching them how to live in the world. But teach them instead, yes, you stay out of debt because debt frees you to be generous to other people, especially in the kingdom of God. Now there's a difference. Over here, they're just staying out of debt because they don't want to pay interest. How many of you love to pay interest, right? Nobody. Don't you hate the fact that when you look at your mortgage, that you have probably paid more in interest than the house is actually worth. Doesn't that tick you off? It makes me angry. But now instead of just teaching them stay out of debt, you're teaching them stay out of debt because God wants to use you and what you have to bless other people. We can tell kids, oh, you know, money's a bad thing. Don't get really rich. And yet we could say, why not say, if you're going to love God like crazy, make as much money as you can, just like Wesley said, and then give it as much as you can. There's a spiritual principle there. And that's what Moses is telling them to pass on. It's the same thing that Timothy's saying. Look what he says. <clears throat> you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people will also be qualified to teach other people. Now, there is teaching going on here. 
But I don't think Paul is simply saying, hey, Timothy, write down notes for all my sermons. Write down notes for all my Bible studies. And when I die, you pull those out and say, here is what we are to learn. I think what Paul is saying goes beyond that. He's saying, listen, Timothy, you have seen my teaching, but you've seen my life. You have seen the way that I have embraced Christ so that I can say to live is Christ, to die is gain. To know Christ, even in his sufferings, is the desire of my life so that everything else is counted as but loss and garbage, junk, stuff to be put aside. And so Timothy is is hearing from Paul, listen, this is spiritual in nature. You can make sacrifices. That's a good thing. But make sacrifices for God. To bless people. My life, a life of loving God like crazy is the thing that I want you to pass on. There is no curriculum for that. There's the word of God where we learn, but not every family has the same things to work through. So we can't say here is a seven step strategy for everybody to pass on their faith. But we can say love God. And if you find a seven step or a four step or a two-step, or a 12-step, or whatever step it is, as long as you're loving God, following his word, you can pass on your faith. So we're passing on something spiritual. We're just not passing on things. Passing on my books can be a good thing, but if I'm just passing on the books to pass on the book, it misses the point. To pass on a book that will help them love Jesus is the point of passing on my books. To give my money, which probably won't be rich or a lot, when I die, but just enough to get them to say, here is some freedom to be generous in Christ is absolutely different. So Moses and Paul are saying, when you pass the baton, pass on something spiritual in nature. <clears throat> Here's the second thing I want us to catch today. <clears throat> it must be intentional. It must be intentional. <clears throat> Excuse me. Going back to the Deuteronomy. This is what he says. These commandments, verse 6, I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. It is, it is not just like a suggestion like, hey, you know, why don't you think about doing it? But it's, it's almost, it's a command. An urgency. Impress them. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. There must be an intentionality in passing on the spiritual life that you have to someone else. Now, I'm going to make an absolute confession, which isn't like, you know, like devastating, like I've misspent millions of money and I, and I have to pay the church back. A simple confession is this. As our kids got older... I became less intentional in passing on the baton. Now, when, when they were first kids, like the first three children, obviously because we had them biologically, uh, every night my wife and I, uh, we would pray for each one of them when they were in the womb. So we would read a portion of scripture. And uh, like Christina was Psalms and uh, Timothy was Timothy and Daniel was Daniel. <laughs> kind of. Yes, I'm creative. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're a real thinker. Okay, so I'm not. But anyway, uh, 
We'd read the word and, and we'd pray for them. You know, we were really intentional. And then when they got older, like I remember reading Pilgrim's Progress with the boys and uh, we read theology books. And you're like, well, dude, that must have really put them to sleep. No wonder they went to so easy to sleep in your house. No, but there's a really interesting theology by John MacArthur for kids and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was good. Uh, we did that. But you know, when they got older, it became less intentional. So even now, as I'm thinking about this, I mean, with the two little ones, when they go to bed at night, every they go to bed, they're in the same room, they're right next to each other. Uh, we, we pray for them. We pray for people in the church. Um, if you have any sort of illness, you know, we've been praying for you. And uh, that's great. But then I'm thinking about the older ones, and it's sort of slipped off as they've gotten older. I've stopped being intentional. It's wrong. It's not doing what the Word of God is asking us to do through Moses and through Timothy. So I've tried to start making some adjustments. And unfortunately, my son Daniel is going to be the one who's going to experience most of this because the other two are going to be at college. And we've already started. <laughs> so the other day, as an example of how I want you to see what I'm talking about is this. Uh, two nice guys in our church, Peter and Young, decided to hire Dan for a summer job, which we appreciate. And, and uh, as they make more money, I'm hoping they give him a raise. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, so as we're, we're doing things, I'm starting to say, hey, Dan, here's some spiritual principles. So uh, one day we got there about an hour and 10 minutes before we were supposed to. And uh, because, you know, when you have a hard work ethic, you want to get there early. And uh, we got there early and we're like, hey, where's Peter? And Peter's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be there for another hour. So, okay. So we went to this donut shop and we get to the donut shop. And as we're in the donut shop, we're standing there and, uh, you know, the... Um, the counter's right here, and the door's right here, but there's just a whole bunch of people that are out there. So the lady behind the counter goes, okay, everybody, can you get in line, please, so that we can take care of everybody that's in line? Now, I'm sorry, uh, where does the line start? So I turned to Dan, and I said, okay, there's a spiritual principle here. <laughs> not not a, a leadership principle, let me be honest. A leadership principle. And the leadership principle is when you give directions, be clear. Because everybody else in line that's in the second row is like, well, if the line starts here, I'm cool. I'm not moving. But if I'm here and the line starts here and I move, but it's really over here, then I'm in trouble and I got out of line. So nobody moved. A few people later, more people coming in through the door. Then she does this. She made an adjustment after I embarrassed her privately with my son, Dan. She goes, please, everyone, come on and step in line. The line starts here at this end. So I told Dan, leadership principle. See, she realized she did something wrong because none of us moved. She made an adjustment. So when you're a leader, you make a mistake. Admit it, cool, but make an adjustment to get it. So everybody now gets in line, and it makes sense, right? Great principle, life principle, leadership principle. It is not a spiritual principle, though. It can be made into one, but it is not a spiritual principle. So I'm being intentional in trying to teach him, but I have to teach him Then, if we're going to make this into a spiritual principle, if you're going to lead people, be clear on the way you're leading them towards Christ. It's easy to say, okay, everybody here, read your Bible, pray, worship God, share your faith. How many of you are going to say you've never heard that before after being in church for 10 years? then why don't we do it? Because sometimes as leaders, we don't give clear instructions. See the difference? Moses isn't saying pass on principles. He isn't giving us these 10 commandments saying, be faithful to your wife because it's just the right thing to do. 
No, it goes beyond that. The relationship between husband and wife is a symbol of the relationship between God and his bride. See the difference? Principle, good principle, follow it. It'll bless you. Spiritual principle, much deeper understanding what God really intended for people to experience. There needs to be an intentionality. How many of you saw the movie Avatar? Probably a lot of us, right? Great movie on corporate greed, right? It's kind of the sense of, you know, these, these imperialists come into these poor places and they're just grabbing up resources without the concern. Which, you know what, is really a good point. It's a historical reality. It is truth. Greed destroys a lot of things. But there's something in that movie, if you don't watch it closely, you will miss. And it is a missionary principle. Does anyone want to guess and remember that movie what the missionary principle was? feel sorry for you people sitting in front because I feel an illustration coming on from somebody in front. LaFay, you want to do it? I'll speak for you. What LaFay wants to tell us is this. The spiritual principle is this guy became like them. And he lived among them. And he understood them. And he took up arms for them. That's missions, man. That is missions. It is what Jesus did, isn't it? He didn't sit up in heaven and say, hey, you know, let's uh, whatever. uh, Let's send somebody else to take care of this. No, he became like us. He lived among us to show us how to live for and love God. Sacrifice for God. Do all of these things for his father like we should do as well. Missionary principle. We went to the movie. When we left the movie, that's what I told my kids. That's the missions principle. That's intentional. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to go home today, drive down the street and say, oh, look at that bird flying. Oh, that is God's creation. And oh, look, you know, okay. It is God's creation. I'm not saying that it's not. But I don't want you to every little thing to drive your kids so crazy that, wow, look at that purse. You see, can you imagine all the things? The hands that made that they were created by God. Okay, come on. What Moses... And what Paul are saying is, love God like crazy. Pass that on. So that when you go somewhere and you see something happening and you understand that there's spiritual implications for that, feel free to point that out. Point that out to your children and say, hey, do you see what is going on here? And one of the cool things about being in youth group is these guys are really intelligent. And they know a lot more than most people would even give them credit for. And they, when we go through these studies, they are picking up stuff that I'm absolutely surprised by. Those are nice principles. My hope is that when these guys are 10 or 15 years from now and they look back at this experience, they don't just say, you know what, it was my parents passing on their faith, which is important, absolutely, positively important. But it was everybody in church. From the guy that was in the Marines to somebody that was working down at the uh, stock market, not the stock yards, which is an absolute difference. (laughs) Things like that. 
Because what they need to see, and this one of the books that I'm reading is talking about, it's not just the parents. What they need to see is what it means to love God in the world that we live in. And if you can show them that, you are passing on your faith. Can God be trusted? Let's show them how we love God in the midst of difficult circumstances. Now, let me finish with this. What are some of the things yesterday that I heard these kids say? One of the students said this. One of the things I would like my parents to give me is the assurance of faith so that they'll be in heaven. Isn't that cool? Okay, yeah, before you go on, I just want you to know, some of them did say money. (laughs) One even said, I want my dad's guitar. But to hear someone say, I want to know that my parents will be in heaven as well. It's absolutely fantastic. Another person said, you know what? I would like my mom to pass on her prayer life to me. Her frugality and her selflessness. Uh, One of them said, I'd like my mom to leave her her, her, uh, cookbook with all her best recipes. But one that, that was a common theme was, I would like to have pictures to remember them. Think about that. These are students that are saying, you know what, mom and dad, it'd be great to get money from you. But more than anything else, what we want are memories. Let me throw the extra thing in there. Let's not just give them memories. Let's give them spiritual memories of God and his faithfulness and his trustworthiness and his worthiness to be loved. That's a legacy. So that when they embrace it after it has been impressed upon them and they hold on to it tightly, that they pass it on to the next generation. So now, understanding all that, how do we do this? I don't want to say there's three simple, easy steps or here's four simple steps. So if you leave with that, you've missed the point of what I'm trying to say. But the first step, if I put it into steps, is this. Pursue God. Love God like crazy. That's what they'll catch. How many of you guys have ever heard stories of, you know what? My parents were wonderful in church. Hi, wonderful. And then when I'm on the car ride home, did you see what she was wearing? Or, oh, I can't believe he said that. Okay. They see it. Pass on to them a pursuit and a love for God. And then, however else this falls into place, a second step, begin to share what God is doing in your life. Sit them down. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say, and it was something that we need to do in our house with the older ones, is to just stop and say, hey, you know what? Let's slow down for a minute. And I just want to hear what's God doing in your life. How can I pray for you? Be intentional. Even if you have to, in the midst of your small group, and say, this is something that I want to do, be intentional, even in your group, for people to intentionally be pressing you to keep pressing in to pursue God and pass that on to your kids. Because they tell us, statistically, that 90% of the students who are in youth group, when they come back from college, don't follow Jesus. So I don't know, can 10 of you stand up? There's probably got 10 of you. One, two, this time to wake you up now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so stand up. All right, stand up. Okay, how many of you are tired? 
Okay, you can all sit down except for Elijah. So see that 10. So Elijah's the only one standing. At the end of college, he's going to be the only one who's going to come back and want to be a part of church. That's what statistics tell us. You're the only one. Good job. (laughs) But that's what statistics say. But you know what else they say? You can change that ratio if parents and the extended church family, single young adults, get together and are intentionally passing on their crazy love for Jesus, that you can take that and make that much, much, much smaller. So if we really say that we care about these guys and the other 100 that are sitting in Sunday school classes right now, the best thing that we can do for them is to fall crazy in love with Jesus and pass it on. So that when that baton gets passed, you don't see the drop, but you see the, I don't know, do they call it the grab, the snatch or whatever it is, and then you see the goal line and you see victory. It's not about just us loving Jesus. It's passing on and so on and so on, like that commercial from years and years ago. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we acknowledge your greatness as creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. And yet, in your greatness, your son Jesus stepped down to live among us, to show us your greatness face to face. Father, your love is unconditional. It is extravagant. It knows no bounds. Father, draw us to you that our love for you becomes extravagant. That like Mary, we are willing to break jars of perfume to anoint your body. May our love for you, our worship of you, be a pleasing sacrifice. Not just the words that we say, but the actual life that we live. And Father, we would ask, as parents and as family members of the church as a whole, that we will grow each and every day in the grace and knowledge of your Son, Jesus, that our love for you will become deeper and wider. That we will pass on this life, not principles only, principles lived out in love and compassion. So that we might join the great cloud of witnesses that watch as we run this race. Father, we ask you give us as a church not only the wisdom to guard the gospel and make sure that it is taught correctly guard it in a way that we pass it on that others might know in the midst of everything that they're going through, good or bad that you are God and that you love everyone sinner and saint at least those who think they are 
the love we don't understand fully, but wish to embrace. Jesus, I ask for your grace then as parents and as an extended family that we will pass on constantly what we see in you to those who follow after us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.